Hi there, Dave Levine here. Thanks for joining me on episode four of the Sports Stories podcast. We've had a number of great guests on the show so far, one being an internationally recognised coach developer and people developer. We've had a head of coaching and also a professional cricketer who's now turned to be an author. Today's guest is Natalie Henderson. Natalie is a lead face coach at Newcastle United Football Club and is a female working in a predominantly male environment. She's also assistant coach in the England women's football setup. Natalie's bubbly. She has a real desire to learn and is really ambitious. So much so, I'm sure this won't be the last time we hear or see of her. Natalie is really open. She shares how she has navigated her way through her career to become a really successful young coach. She's also really open to sharing her advice and give some tips as to how she would engage with really important people within the coaching setup, i.e. some of the parents she works with. So I don't want to give too much away about her. She's a great person and I'm sure you'll get loads from the podcast. So without further ado, I'd like to offer a really warm welcome to our special guest today, Natalie Henderson. Natalie, it's really good to have you uh, on the Sports Stories podcast. I'm really excited about having you with me today to explore some of your journey through your career and and where you've got to so far in your career and where you hope to go to further on. The audience we've got here is really about parents, teachers, coaches and leaders. So there's a wide variety of people that help others. And I've, I've known you now for about five years or so. And I've really been amazed and inspired by the journey that you've been on. And I mean that really honestly. And I really enjoyed being part of your journey. And part of having you on the Sports Stories podcast today is to get a bit of an insight into the world that you work in, a little bit about your story, and and hopefully give some inspiration, some guidance, and some tips to our listeners. Okay, so I hope that's okay. Um, really looking forward to, to, to delving a little bit deeper. So as a starter, because I, I know you quite well, I'd like you just to give your view of your career and how you got into it and your first memory of, of being involved in sport. Thanks, Dave. And thanks for the kind words. That's very nice. Um, and it's a pleasure to be, to be on the podcast. Um, I think, first of all, in terms of my story, um, where to start, really? I think I've always loved football I've been brought into this world to love football my dad is a huge football fan um, my family are a, a football family um, so from the moment I was born from the moment I could walk you know it was to to basically kick a ball eat sleep breathe football um, so that's probably where it started um, I've always played football played from a very young age played a lot of my time with boys um, I remember back in primary school, I wasn't allowed to play on the on the school football team because it was all boys. And my mum went in and, and kicked up a big fuss with the head teacher. And the next thing I was on the team and I was playing regularly um, and I was the only girl. So I've always loved football, always played football, played for uh, Newcastle United Girls Centre of Excellences when I was younger. Um, then progressed into Newcastle United Women's Reserve Team, first team. Um, suffered some pretty bad knee injuries, tore my ACL twice um, when I was about 16, which really, when I look back, is probably a blessing in disguise because that's kind of threw me more into the coaching route. Um, But I've always wanted to work in football, whether that be a player or a coach. Um, I found some documents the other day from when I was in year six from primary school. And on the on the sheet at the bottom, it says, when I'm older, I want to be a football development coach. So I think, <laughs> I think I've always knew, yeah, I've always knew that I wanted to, to be involved in football, really. Right, from, from the age of six, eh? 
you or, or yeah. Korea, you knew you're going to work in work in football and be part of football. And, and tell us yeah. a bit about that time when you had the the ACL challenges. How did you overcome those, or what happened during that those periods? I think for me, I've always. I always played football and I was always interested in coaching football. So from the age of 14, 15, I volunteered, um, coached alongside still playing. Um, so I was doing kind of a little bit of coaching on the side, was a casual coach for Newcastle United Foundation when I turned 16 um, and I was still playing. And then probably suffered my first bad ACL injury when I was 17. Um, and obviously went to the hospital. Uh, they they felt like I was a, an athlete that could play without an ACL. So very few athletes can play without an ACL. They felt like I was one of those. So I went through six months of rehab of, of no football, obviously trying to strengthen my, um, my ligaments back up. Went on the pitch for the first time, um, planted my foot and completely ruptured it again. It completely went again. So then had to wait months for an operation. And, and overall, Dave, it was about two year in total of, of being out of football um which when I look back like I'm a massive believer in everything happens for a reason so when I look back I think it was obviously a really big challenge it was it was really tough for me it made me realize how much I loved football and I would you know never take it for granted again uh, but at the same time it really allowed me to focus on the coaching side of it um and, and kind of delve deeper into the coaching side of it um I'm still a, a young coach now, but I've I've had you know I, I started really early with the coaching, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise, really. Um, just don't get as much money as a footballer now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you you mentioned there about everything happens for a reason, and I, I see that as a, a sort of a an insight into your your makeup and your philosophy. Is, is there any other sort of quotes or phrases that underpin who you are and the work that you've done that you kind of live out? Um, I love a quote. I always love a quote. Um, and I love finding them on, on social media. And so I've probably got loads that I, I really, you know, I like, but I think probably the ones that I live by, um, there's one that, that always sticks in my head and I don't know where it's come from, how I've heard of it. Um, but the, the, the one I think I always think of is there's always somebody out there working harder than you. Um, and I feel like, there's times where, you know, you might take your foot off the gas or, and I think that quote's probably the quote that keeps me going and, you know, ha- have this relentlessness to want to get better. And, and I think that could potentially underpin that. Um, and then the other one that I, that I'm, I love and I'm a big believer of is um, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So therefore you need to do something different. Um, so they're probably the two quotes that probably, underpin me really as a as a person and as a coach sure really powerful quotes and i i like them both as well they're ones that work for me um can you can you give us an example therefore of a, a real successful part of your career or part of your wider sort of life story whereby that um quote or one of those quotes is really played out in your success um that's a tough question i think in terms of a success story, really, it's probably working at Newcastle United Academy. Um, and, you know, back before I did work at the academy, it was kind of, it was not known for female coaches to work in an academy. I didn't think that that was a possibility. It never, ever crossed my mind that I wanted to work in the boys' academy because it was something for me that I just didn't think was possible. Nobody, you know, nobody had done that. It wasn't known. Um, so it was never 
never even in my mind really and I think that quote of if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got um that probably plays a part really because we were trying to run a female coaching clinic with Newcastle United Foundation um and the academy manager was there for Newcastle United Academy and I asked him just totally on the spot without thinking um would you ever have a female coach working in the academy um and he was totally put on the spot and and you know in his response was, well, I've never really thought about it, but I couldn't, you know, I don't see why not. And then anyway, you know, weeks went by, months went by, and then all of a sudden a, a assistant coach job came up. The academy manager got in touch with the foundation manager and, you know, they wanted a list of seven people that could potentially fill that role. And my name was one of them. Um, but I honestly think if I hadn't have asked that question and planted that seed in his head, would, you know, would I be where I am now? So Maybe that's an example of, you know, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. Sometimes you've got to ask the question, you've got to be brave, you've got to do something different. Um, and I think that's probably the life-changing one for me, really. So even, I'm also picking out there the, the kind of another part of your philosophy about always asking that question or not being afraid to ask that difficult question and how that's really played, played out for you. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really... Um, and not that I thought it at the time, but certainly when you get older, I think when you're young, you're really like fearless. When you get older, you start to become more afraid of what people think. And, and you know, you maybe don't ask as many questions. I think it's important to always ask the question. It's important to always put yourself out there. Um, somebody asked me, you know, last week, um, what, what have you done that was brave? Well, I, for me, I think brave is different in every individual. So if I've got a fear of lifts, me getting in a lift is me being really brave. You could get in a lift every day. It doesn't mean you're being brave. So I think bravery looks different for everybody. But I think being brave and, and being courageous and certainly asking that question, um, people should never be afraid to do, really. So, so Natalie, what, what have you done that's been really brave in your career? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's... I think it's a, a number of small things, really. I think there's no one big thing that I've said that I could say I did that and it was really brave and, and now I am where I am or, or I'm heading to where I want to be because of that. I think, it's, I think being brave and, and facing challenges happen every single day and they can be really small, they can be really big. Um, you know, me having a, a difficult conversation with a member of staff could be me being really brave and, and could, you know, take things in a different direction. So... I think being brave is, is, you know, taking small steps yourself um, that, you know, we, we've got that self-belief and, and you can be brave within yourself and it looks different for everybody, really, uh, for every individual. Can you give an example? Because I, I, having known you in the time that I've known you, I, um, you, you are really brave. You know, I, I can think of examples. You know, for me, one of the great, one of the great examples is, is when, you know, what was it like walking into the academy the first time as as a female coach coming into that environment? How was that? Can you recall that in any way? Um, I can't. I can recall it, and I can see. I can see how to other people that that seems like a brave thing to do. And even when I think about it now in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that is quite brave. Um, but for me, it was. It's completely normal. Like football is all I've ever known. Um, I like I'm a huge believer in you know if you're a good coach you're a good coach regardless of whether you're female male black white a coach is a coach so me walking into that academy on the first day was 
me loving football, um, you know, knowing that I'm a coach, knowing that I've got the job for a reason and, and kind of that's it really. So I get that that's a brave thing from, from what other people see. But for me, it, it's just a normal thing. Um, even when I did football courses, you know, did my level one, level two, level three, um, I've always, there's always less females than there is males when you walk in the room. So people could say that that's a brave thing for me, that that's a normal thing. I think as times went on, there is times where I have had to be brave. So I'm a a woman, if you like, in a man's world. Um, and there's plenty of other women out there in men's worlds and and things do get tough at times. Um, and I think just having, I think self-belief is the big one. You just got to believe in what you do. You got to believe in yourself. You got to keep going. Um, so I think they're probably the small, the small little steps of bravery, um, that you take every day and sometimes without even knowing really. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've answered your question there. <laughs> I, I pick up your bravery, you know, and I think you are a really brave person in many ways. And from a number of the conversations that you've shared um, over the years, I see you as a brave person. And I'm just wondering also then, you know, how, how do you bring that bravery into the work that you do? And how do you build bravery in, in you know, the, the people around you? Because a lot of our listeners here might be thinking about how, how do I become braver myself in what I do, or how do I help others become brave? So I, I don't know. Can you shed any light on that for them? Uh, I think the big one is just knowing knowing your purpose and, and knowing yourself. Really, I think there's a lot of people in the world. Um, we all have different opinions. Um, people will judge you. People, you know, will doubt you. People will, you know, not everybody's nice out there. Not everybody's going to support you. Um, and I think you definitely experience that in life, in business, in the professional game. Um, but I think knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, knowing the things you're good at, and just reminding yourself every day, really, of, of you know, why you do what you do. Um, you know, I might look brave and I might, um, you know, seem invincible, but I'm not. There's times when I'll come home and I'll think about things. There's times when people, you know, can get to you. There's times when you feel vulnerable. Um and I think the important thing is that you get up every day and you just keep going and you have this self-belief and you have this purpose in your step. Um, and, you know, if you know yourself better than anybody else, then it's not going to, you know, it's not going to affect you when people do try to put you down because they're not telling you anything you don't already know about yourself. So knowing yourself is a big one. Having self-belief is a big one. And just reminding yourself of, of why you got into football to start with. And I think that can be, that can get really clouded at times. Um, certainly in the professional game, I think we can we get caught up in the football bubble. And actually, if we strip it right back, why did you want to become a coach? Because I want to become a coach because I want to help people. Uh, I want to help people on the pitch. I want to help people off the pitch. And that's why I do what I do. So, And it, it's easy for, for that to become clouded. So I think in terms of being brave, you know, never stop learning. Ask the questions you want to ask don't feel like you're being judged um, and, and just believe in yourself really and have a, have a purpose. Well, you, you picked up on it and you said it a couple of times about knowing yourself. And so what have you done over the years to really get to know yourself? Um, I think a number of things. Again, I think it's one of those where there's not any, any set answer for that. Um, I did, obviously, I did a course with the Premier League um, where I met yourself, the, the ECAS course, and that helped you um, become more self-aware in terms of put you through experiences you might not have thought you could do. Um, you know, I remember climbing the Brecon Beacons in 60 mile an hour winds and 
me thinking there's no way I can do this and and then you come through the other end um reading books I think I, I read a lot of books around um like self-help books you know what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what is the way you think sometimes I can be really highly critical of myself and that's something that I need to get better at um I'm reading a book at the minute which is talking about you know being a perfectionist and I read a lot of that stuff and I think oh god I can see myself in that a lot and and there's stuff that I need to get better at and and we all need to get better at really so I think knowing yourself is you know putting yourself through experiences that you might necessarily not want to put yourself through they might be uncomfortable they might be difficult but you find out a lot about yourself in those situations um reading books uh giving yourself some you know time and space with yourself your own company um so I think there's a number of things really I don't think there's there's one answer um but I think doing the uncomfortable things often you really find out about yourself then and t- picking up on that uncomfortableness then just taking it a step further I, I'm wondering if you could recall an example of a time where things haven't gone so well for you in your career and therefore how, how have you managed yourself through those lower periods I think then those ones the the ones that kind of cringe you cringe about and the ones that you find uncomfortable the ones that you found difficult they're probably the ones that you you learn the most from really um and there has been you know there's been those in my experience um in the past five years certainly before that really in the academy um there's times when I might have you know had a discussion with a member of staff and I come out of it and think "Mm, I could have handled that better I could have done this better um and I think that I think you know, self-reflecting is a big one is all like I constantly reflect even just on a conversation to the point where I'm a massive overthinker. Um, so I think self-reflection is a big thing, but yeah, there's times where in the past, I think I would learn a lesson from that, just small things really, but I think they can, they can add up really. Um, there was one in, in a staff meeting one time where I didn't, you know, I acted on emotion. Um, and I came out of it and and when I really thought about it, I thought, I'm not sure that was the best thing to do. Maybe I should have given myself some thinking time and, and dealt with that in a different way. So, you know, there's things you learn from all the time. Every day is a, a learning day. Um, and I think as long as you reflect on it, you can move on and, and get better, really. And you, you've used the word again a few times of reflecting on things, which I think is such a powerful uh, approach to learning and developing. Uh, can you give an example of how, how do you reflect? Again, a lot of the people listening might wonder, you know, what does that look like? What does that mean to you? Because they're looking for ideas of how they could possibly reflect. So how do you do it? Yeah, I think, I think everybody can do it in different ways. I think for me, I'm a, well, as you know, I'm a classic overthinker. Um, and I think you, you used a quote actually years ago. I don't know if you can remember this. And I, I always think about it. And it's like when you... Um, what did you say? Sometimes when people say, oh, put yourself in their shoes, um, which is what I seem, I, I seem to do a lot of back then. I used to put myself in other people's shoes and, you know, do what kind of they wanted me to do or say what they wanted me to say, but then me not be happy within myself. And, and you, the way you put it was put yourself in, in both shoes. So put yourself in their shoes, but also put yourself in your shoes because you don't want to, you know, give somebody answer that makes them really happy, but then you go home unhappy and can't sleep that night and thinking about it all because you just, you put them first. So I think even just little things like that, really, I self-reflect on everything. I, I reflect on conversations. I think, could I have done that better? Could I have done this better? Um, 
my sessions, you know, I'll, I'll plan a session, I'll deliver a session afterwards, I'll scribble little notes on with what I could have done better. Did I touch on this coaching point? Did I touch on that coaching point? Um, and, you know, I reflect a lot, but it doesn't mean I then do it perfect the next time round. I think it's a, it's a trial and everything, isn't it? You, you learn and all the time. Um, and there's things that other leaders will do, other coaches will do that you might not agree with or you wouldn't do it that way. So you kind of find out more about yourself like that as well, really. Um, but yeah, I think the reflections for me in terms of like conversation, things like that, I reflect in my head a lot. I think about things a lot. Um, in terms of coaching sessions, I actually write those reflections down. Um, even just chatting through with somebody else is a, it's a way of reflecting. I like to come off the pitch and chat to the assistant coach around how, you know, how he think it went. Do, did we get this right? Did we get that right? That can just be like a, on England camp, we call it like a, a rapid review. So it's a quick 10 minute review. Um, so there's different ways to reflect really. Um, I think a variety is, is good. And, and while we're there, whilst you're kind of you have us on the on the pitch in terms of your reflections during your coaching, um, I, I'm just going to change gear a little here and take us towards actually the work that you do. So you, you're currently working with uh, what age group and, and kind of the area I'm really focused on and where a lot of our listeners will be coming from is there, you know, in terms of understanding your environment and also coming from a, a parent's perspective because you're working with some young players aren't you so can you just tell us a little bit more about that and then we'll explore a little bit more from a parent's perspective yeah so I am um, lead phase coach of the under 13s and under 14s at Newcastle United Academy um, so I lead the under 13s um, I then lead or manage three other members of staff um, and manage the staff within the under 14s as well um, so I'm working with you know the players that I work with the under 13s and the 14s at the minute the boys are going through they go through a lot of changes during that time uh, they go through you know puberty growth spurts all of that going on different schools going on um, so they go through a lot really so yeah that's that's a bit around my role really and what age I work with and then oh and then sorry alongside that I work with the, the England women's under 16s you nearly forgot um, as assistant coach I know yeah sorry I nearly forgot that yeah so yeah they're my main roles and, and what's your role within the England setup again just repeat that for us would you yeah so I'm assistant coach um assistant technical coach with the the women's under 16s so alongside my full-time role at Newcastle um I go away it kind of works out every other month um to either a training camp which could be you know, five days, it could be a fixture camp where we're playing a game and we're away for a week. Um, it could be a tournament. Um, yeah, so that's that's my role with England, really. And, and without stating the obvious, that you're working with boys in one environment and girls in the others, what, what would you say the biggest differences are in, in the work that you do there? You know, a, a lot of people ask this question, Dave, and, and actually there's not a lot of difference the same as... Um, you know, same as with coaches, really. Ultimately, you're working with people and you're working with people that love football and want to be better at football. So there's no major differences in terms of, you know, I don't need to change my whole coaching style or know anything different working across boys and girls. And um, yes, there's small differences in terms of, you know, the girls are very chatty, the boys not as much, the boys are very competitive, very, very small differences, but no major ones, really. Um, and I think that's 
that's the beauty of it, isn't it? We, we just work with people. So do you coach differently? No, not, not really. Um, I think I coach differently anyway, depending on which player I'm working with. I think that's probably a lot around my philosophy and, and the way that I am. I like to know the person before the player. Um, I like to have good relationships with my players. So my coaching style will always be different depending on who, which players I'm working with, which team I'm working with. Um, I think that's the, the role of a coach is to, to be adaptable and, and to help different people, different players. Um, but no, I don't feel like I leave Newcastle United and I go on England camp and I'm a completely different coach. Um, I'm pretty much the, the same person, just an adaptable one. Great. I really love that saying, you know, I, I, I coach the person before the player. So, you know, we're really trying to develop a, a person here that then becomes a great player. Um, I'm just going to take us then in terms of, um, from a parent's perspective, because obviously you're working with players who um, have a, a very influential person in, in the system. So I wonder what, what, what's your role with parents and how do you engage with them in maybe both in both settings? Yeah, I think we don't get a lot of engagement with players. I think the the fortunate thing about working in an academy is we have a lot of resources. Um, we have a lot of staff. Um, so we have like safeguard and welfare staff that are taking on a bit more of a role with the parents now. Um, they, you know, they have a, a parent group which they meet with to get some feedback from. Um, in terms of my contact with players, if any, with parents, sorry, if any parents had any issues or questions or anything like that across the under 13s and under 14s, I would be the point of contact. Um, they obviously get my phone number. They can have daily contact with me. Um, and then in terms of a more formal relationship with them, um, they get they get invited into six-week player reviews. They get a mid-season meeting with myself and the other coaches and then an end of season one um so in terms of the parents we try and involve them as much as we can in the club really um not taking away obviously that time from from the player and i see in the work that i do that you know parents play a really important part because they spend obviously clearly a lot of time with their children and i, and I wonder what what if any guidance you could give them to say how how could you best be helped how could they best help you as a coach I think that I think what you said there is is really important so we get limited time with the players um the most time you know that the, the players get is with their parents so I think the the you know the the good players are the ones where the parents help them with we used to call them old school values but traditional values really in terms of you know um, the the work, you know, their work ethic, the punctuality, the discipline, the honesty, you know, those traditional values that we try and set in the players in in the academy. We we would hope that the parents are, are setting that as well. Um, for me, the the big thing is I I would never tell a parent how to parent. Really, um, everybody does it differently. I think the biggest thing for for me would be um, to support your child. Um, to remember why they got into sport in the first place, um, you know, because it brings joy and happiness and fun um, and to never take that away from them. I think to to be constructive with them. So, you know, I hear some coaches saying, you know, the parents, you know, they shouldn't have an input. Everything should come from the coach. And, and I agree with that on the sidelines. But if I take that back to when I was younger and I was a player, the first person's feedback I wanted when I got off the pitch was my dad's. And I would get in the car and, and I would want to know, you know, how did he think I played? What do you think I did? 
So I think the parent can play an important role as, as well as the coaches, um, as long as those message the messages are the same and they're, you know, they're being married up, if you like. Um, so I think parents have a, a more important role than the coaches, really, in terms of instilling those traditional values, making sure your child is, is happy. Um, that would be the big one for me, certainly in the professional game and in the academy. Um, sometimes we see players there and, you know, you would question if they actually want to be there, or if they just want to go and be a child and it's all just a bit too serious too soon for them. Um, so I think that's the big message really is, you know, be supportive of your child and make sure they're happy because if you're not happy when you're a child, then there's something extremely wrong. Um, and just instill those values in them really and, and give them, give them feedback. I don't, I don't see that as a problem. I think, you know, we need our parents' feedback. It's the most important. And I, and I love that bit about, you know, a, a clear and a consistent message and the support for, the, for, for, the, for their children because they are really key players in the whole system here. You know, and it's just lovely to hear you talk about that. Um, and I'm, I'm also relaying actually how that was a big part in your life in terms of actually an important person was, was your dad's feedback and your dad's involvement in, in your career which then leads me on to um, asking the question about inspirational people and who are the people that have really um, inspired you and impacted on you and your career, other than your father? Uh, yeah, I think obviously my dad and my family is a big one in terms of the love of football and the passion we have for football. Um, I think there's, there's no, you know, people ask, you know, who, who are you thankful for, for, your career or the way it's gone I think there's no one person really that I can go oh it's because of this person like why I'm here um I think it's you know there's there's many people in my life that have uh have supported me and I'm really lucky to have close friends and, and good family that support me and, and help me get better and help me stay grounded really you know whenever I celebrate anything my grandma's always the one bringing me right back down to earth you know yeah. um so I think I'm lucky to have a really supportive family um supportive friends you know good mentors uh, yourself being one of them um and then even just like like role models really um in person when I was younger there was there was the very few female coaches um that were in and around Newcastle United Centre of Excellence I think that was important for me to see because that made me know it was possible to be a female coach. So those those role models you have in person. Um, and then the celebrity role models you have, really. I know Karen Brady is a big one of my role models. Um, you know, I, I read a lot about her and she's similar to, to myself. You know, she was a woman in a man's world and she's very successful. So she's somebody that I like to, to follow. Um, and then, of course, the Queen Beyonce is a celebrity role model. She's a powerful, independent woman. Um, so yeah, so I think you have you have a number of people, you know, famous and not famous that support you and, and keep you going every day, really. And I don't want to take it away from the, the many people, and I, I properly respect that idea. But I do wonder what are there any um, key points in your career where you can say, "Wow, that person um, just helped me over that period." They're, they're memorable times of your life. Yeah, I think the big one for me, Dave, to be honest, would be um, the Newcastle United Academy manager, Joe Joyce, would be a big one because, you know, working in, in the academy in, in this status of, you know, being one of very few females to work in a Premier League academy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am or, or have the luxury of that without, without the academy manager. Um, he was the one that 
you know, took a gamble, if you like, of, of employing a, a female into a male dominant environment. Um, and hopefully it paid off. He's not sick of me yet. I'm not getting the sack yet, I hope. Um, but yeah, so he would be, he would be one that I would have to, you know, that, that was a real key time in my life and a, a real, you know, change of direction in terms of where I'm at right now. Um, that would be, it would be a huge one. And we'll go back to that conversation before around bravery and, and courage. You know, he had the courage to, to make that move really. Um, and I'll be forever thankful for that. Well, some fantastic stuff there. And, you know, and it, it, it oozes out of you, your, um, your appreciation for the support that that person's given to you. Um, but I also want to flip it back in terms of actually, you know, you've also made, made the journey yourself. You've also been brave. You've, you've asked the questions where they needed to be asked. Um, you know, and I think I want to highlight on that because it's a real clear message for the people that are listening in terms of actually the role that they play in their own journey. And you've played a, a huge part in your journey. Um, and yes, a number of people have inspired you along the way, but you've also found them from what I've heard and you've also utilised them and listened to them and engaged with them. You know, not just being your, your members of your family, but a number of other people around you. Um, so um, we're drawing towards the end here. And um, one of the, the, the greatest part of, of the, the, the show, the podcast, is often the bit where we have a bit of a quick fire round. So I'm going to fire a number of questions at you, which um, I would really hope you can consider here, but give me your, your first, first answers back in terms of things that really help and guide our listeners. Okay. So first of all, um, books that you would really recommend that have really helped you or might help others going forward. Um, (laughs) Carol Dweck growth mindset that would be a key one around the way you think the way you your mindset is Um, Susan Jeffers feel the fear and do it anyway that's an old book but that helped me in a lot of ways Um, Pochettino's football one brave new world that's that was a real good read and I could I really you know I love Pochettino I'm a big fan of him um and then last one, uh, the four, would be Karen Brady. I'll throw my celeb role model in there. Um, that's a, a good book to read. Wow. So we've got self-help and football and leadership and a wide variety there. So that's Yeah, I've got, gone for a bit of everything there, haven't I? Well, covered all bases. That's great. Um, most useful or valuable piece of technology that helps you in your development? Oh, God. It would be my Mac, my Apple MacBook. Um, obsessed with that and it gets me through everyday life um and in terms of software i'd say academy soccer coach is one that we always plan my sessions on and on my mac but yeah i'm a bit of a technology freak so anything apple is life-saving <laughs> great great um you mentioned also about you being um, the importance of your family and people around you being grounded and helping you ground yourself um, and the importance of kind of relaxing uh, and it was important to you so what one thing or two things would you use to help you ground yourself and relax um exercise is a big one i have to exercise um and also an app i've got headspace app which is like meditation that i wasn't a believer in that a few years ago but now i'm like I definitely need that headspace every now and again. So that's a big one as well. Um, and I like to read books and articles and they're the ways that I find my, my downtime and my time to 
chill out and reflect and recharge. Brilliant. Um, coming towards the end here, just a couple more. Um, one sentence um, of advice that you would give to your teenage self. Um, believe in yourself. Never stop learning, ever. Um, and don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. Wow. Powerful stuff. Great. I'm going to come back to when we've been there before, so see if you can dig anything out here then. Which... Which three people have positively impacted on you and your sport involvement? Three people. Oh, that's tough. That's like asking you to pick between your mum and your dad, isn't it? And who you love more. That's tough. Um, I, I'm going to sit on the fence here. I'm going to say parents, my, just my parents and my family, um, coaches that I've watched, um, and myself. I think that's a big one is you can't, you know, ultimately you've got to, you've got to be the one that, steers you in the right direction and nobody else can do it for you so wow. yeah I've kind of I've got I've distracted myself from that question sat on the fence oh, there sorry the political side of you has come out here hey sitting on the fence yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, and to wrap us up then uh, whose sports story would you most like to unpick and understand and hear oh that's a tough question celebrity or anybody Celebrity and anybody, one of each. Um, I'd say maybe John McDermott from Tottenham because he's been very successful in his in his time there. That would be a really good one. Um, and celebrity, um, oh, that's a tough one. Maybe Beyonce. I have to go Beyonce. She's the queen. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, well, Natalie, why, why not? We, we, we've always got to have somebody to aspire to and, and admire like that. So brilliant stuff. Yeah, that's, that's your target now. You've got to get Beyonce on a podcast. Well, we'll give it a go. Hey, we'll give it a go. Um, but just, just seriously to draw things to a close here, you know, I, we've obviously known each other for a, a long while now. You're a remarkable person and your story and the way you tell it is, is really humbling. And I'm so pleased to, to give you the opportunity to share it. And I, and I hope some of what you've shared today really also inspires others because I know in the environment that you work, you work really hard to help other people grow as people and develop. And uh, just hearing your story and your desire and your willingness to share that is just fantastic. So what I'd like to do is just give you a real big thank you for, for sharing this with us today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it and found it interesting and useful and cathartic as well because I know many times it is the point of the Sports Stories podcast is not just for our listeners, but also for the individual who's sharing their story to, to value and enjoy sharing it. Because I think we all have a story to tell and many of us can value it and get something from other people's stories, me included. So I've heard many of what you've said already before today and I still enjoy it. I've still found out something new about you. And what I do get is your genuineness, your authenticity and your desire to, to, to be brave and go ahead and make a real difference in the world. So I'd like to wish you really good luck with the next part of your career. I hope I still have a part to play within it. And, and thank you very much. And hopefully you'll, you'll come again onto the Sports Stories podcast and offer some further wisdom in the future. You will have a part to play, Dave, definitely. And thanks very much for you, your kind words. That's really nice. Um, and I'll definitely 
be a guest back on here. And the journey is nowhere near over. It's just getting started. So still got a long way to go. But thank you. So Natalie, just as a finishing off point then, should anybody wish to follow you on your journey or find out, could they follow you on any social media or is there any way they can make contact with you should they wish? Yeah, I think twi- Twitter would be my best one. Um, Natalie Henderson, always Henderson 20 on my Twitter. And I'll be happy to obviously answer any questions or anything like that. Um, but that'll be the, the best bet and the LinkedIn as well. Great. Well, thanks again, Natalie. Take care. So there we have it, the sports story of Natalie Henderson so far. I'm sure we will hear so much more of her in the future. I'm always struck by her determination and desire to progress and improve herself. But what also strikes me is that she's following her passion and her love, which is people development and football. So when the times get tough, she finds a way to be brave, as she puts it, and also asks the hard questions and finds a way. Now, with my people development hat on, and through my reflections following the conversation, I'd like to pose the following questions to you to consider. What are you fearful of? And what is stopping you from being brave in your career and life? Also, what is the big question you need to ask yourself and others that may help you progress? So if you enjoyed today's episode, then please subscribe on all major podcast platforms. Also, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And lastly, please do share any comments you have to help us give you more of what you want and need. You can make contact with us through our website, which is www.sportstories247.com. So on that note, have a good rest of the day and tune in next time for the next episode for further insights and inspirations from the world of sport.